Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So I think there's tons of parental frustration with schools after COVID. What had been planned as a typical school board meeting in Virginia's wealthy Loudoun County this week devolved into pandemonium. When we're looking at who to blame for what's happened, we got to look at ourselves. We have sat here with apathy, disinterest, and distraction for years. And that is what has happened right under our very noses. But it did take a pandemic to start to rouse us from our sleep. And Republicans in Virginia, led by Yunkin, are trying to tap into that frustration, as well as a number of other cultural issues. So friends, on day one, we will teach history, but I will ban critical race theory. And they're trying to, to turn that into a winning strategy to, to win the governor's race. If it's successful, I think it will be a playbook that we see more from of Republicans starting next year. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... When you got somebody like Terry who's responsible and serious, he's worth fighting for. As Virginia heats up and Democrats send in the big guns from Obama to Biden to stump for Terry McAuliffe, Politico's Michael Stratford on how Greg Youngkin and Virginia Republicans are betting big on education. How about the bus? That's pretty cool. Hey, by the way, before you leave tonight, sign the bus. We've got signatures all over. We're driving all over this great commonwealth with all of you all day because Virginia's riding with us on this bus. So Glenn Youngkin is a former private equity executive who is the Republican candidate for governor in Virginia. America needs Virginia to make a statement. America needs Virginia to stand up for parents because guess what? In their school districts, the same stuff is happening. And he is running a race that's really heavily focused on education. You know, we often see governors talk about education in their campaigns. Education is largely a state issue. Um, So education often comes up in gubernatorial races, but it's unusual that we're seeing education really be the top dominant issue. The same moment where Terry McAuliffe says parents don't have any role in their kids' education. The same moment where parents stand up and say, oh, yes, we do. The same moment where he calls his friend Joe Biden and says, send the FBI in and silence those parents. Glenn Youngkin is trying to frame the race as a turn on this question of parental involvement in schools. And under that frame, he's talking about critical race theory, the rights of transgender students in schools. And critical race theory is a political agenda that is absolutely in our schools. And it teaches everyone to view everything through a lens of race and then pits our children against one another. And this is coming on the back of, you know, school closures last year during COVID. Open schools! Virtual learning is 
With signs held high along the roadway, parents and students in Fairfax County called for their child's schools to reopen. I have two children. One has autism and he has been severely affected by this shutdown. And school mask mandates and more broadly vaccination mandates. Um, so there's sort of this huge swirl of education issues that are cropping up in in the race. Yeah, it's interesting reading your story because it's kind of like he's wrapped up all of the hot button conservative issues, you know, critical race theory, how we teach race in classrooms, um, mask mandates, COVID, vaccine mandates, uh, culture war fights, um, rights of transgender people, of transgender students. He's sort of taken all of it and, and wrapped it up into one big education sample. That's right. You know, he's calling some of his campaign events parents rallies. Um, I went down to one earlier this month in in Culpeper, Virginia, which is about an hour and a half outside of D.C. Mm -hmm. And he's talking a lot about education issues. It's framed around. He's seized on these comments that his opponent, former governor Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat in the race, made during their last debate together in which McAuliffe said that he doesn't think that parents should be telling teachers and schools what to teach. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, I get really tired. Um, it was a defense of his veto of a bill that would have required schools to notify parents about explicit content in books um, that McAuliffe vetoed as as governor. Um, but Republicans and, and Yunkin have really seized on those comments and, you know, has have really put McAuliffe on the defensive for how he views the role of parents in in schools. What is the Democratic strategy here? What's Terry McAuliffe's response been to Yunkin's strategy? And what's his approach to some of these COVID and culture war issues playing out in the classroom. So he is, um, as I said, somewhat on the defensive. He, he's airing ads that say that Youngkin took his debate comments out of, out of context. Glenn Youngkin's taking my words out of context. I've always valued the concerns of parents. It's why as governor, we scaled back standardized testing, expanded pre-K, and invested a billion dollars in public. But he and, you know, their teachers unions are also, who support McAuliffe are also pouring money into ads in the race. And they're pointing out that um, Yunkin favors charter schools and would direct money, in some cases, away from public schools and into into private schools. So I think McAuliffe is, is banking on parents wanting to uh, return to normal after the pandemic. He's, he's said that he is in favor of public safety, public health strategies that would allow schools to remain open, like requiring masks and requiring that teachers get get vaccinated, for example. Having spent time reporting in Virginia, attending these rallies and also, you know, like looking at, at polls and stuff like that, how much would you say Youngkin's strategy here are reflective of the way that parents in Virginia actually feel like is this 
significant widespread frustration over the say that parents have in the classroom and some of these things he's talking about? Or is this kind of like a vocal but potentially not that large group of people making a lot of noise ahead of an election? You know, I, th- I think it's hard to tell. At, at this point, it's certainly the case that um, there's a lot of parental frustrations that's built up over the past year and a half during the during the pandemic and how schools and politicians handled COVID. You know, we've also seen these, not just in Virginia, but across the country, these disputes over COVID and critical race theory and the teaching of race in schools, among other issues, crop up in these sort of explosive fights at school board meetings. Um, And there's, I think, a level of parental angst and frustration out there. And it's, I think, sometimes for different reasons. I think Yunkin is trying to tap into that and sort of package it all into a single narrative and hope that it leads to to votes, you know, one one of the interesting things that he said at this rally I went to was that if uh, Virginia parents basically speak up and, and elect him, it will be a it's part of a movement and it will be something heard in school boards across the country. Um, he's really and Republicans are trying to channel some of these frustrations and fights that are playing out in local school boards into votes. Um, and as we note in the piece. If that's successful, it could be a a sort of playbook for the future, including the, the upcoming 2022 midterm elections. Michael Stratford, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also today, FCC commissioners have unanimously voted to nix the agency's domestic and global authorizations for China Telecom America, a move that will curb the company's ability to operate within the U.S. The decision carries through on scrutiny that began last year into the Chinese government-owned company. Agency staff said the business, a subsidiary of China Telecom, poses a national security risk to the U.S., and is both subject to exploitation by the Chinese government and highly likely to comply with Beijing's requests, which could mean forking over customer data. And the United States will defer delivery of roughly 33 million doses of Moderna's COVID vaccine so that they can be purchased by the African Union. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced the deal on Tuesday, saying it gets the continent doses that have been, quote, long-awaited and in high demand. The American doses are scheduled to be deferred between December and February. Saki says the U.S. has thus far delivered 55 million doses to Africa, in addition to 17 million doses of Johnson & Johnson's vaccine that will be sent in the coming weeks, and tens of millions of doses of Pfizer's that are also set to be shipped to the continent. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.